I think in our society and culture, we make people bad if a relationship doesn't work. And we oftentimes feel like we're doing something wrong if we're incompatible with people. And there can be nothing wrong with them or me, but we can just be incompatible. And when we're incompatible, it's just very hard to keep the peace or to feel like we can be ourselves or to keep harmony in the relationship. If you've ever heard me talk about one of my favorite elixirs that I created, Golden Superfood Bliss, then you're going to want to listen up. Right now, Earth Echo Foods has a buy one, get one free offer, and you're going to get one bag, 30 servings, and get one free. Yeah, you heard that right. You guys, if you didn't know my husband and I created Earth Echo, and I actually formulated this product because I was using the same superfoods that are inside Golden Superfood Bliss, like turmeric and cinnamon and MCT powder, ginger and ashwagandha, they're all superfoods. And I was adding them into my smoothies and elixirs every single day. And let me tell you, buying each of these individually was super expensive. So I knew there had to be a more affordable way to get all of these organic superfoods into my diet daily without spending a small fortune. And plus, they weren't tasting amazing. So we created Golden Superfood Bliss. And it does just that. It's actually all of your superfoods, but it tastes kind of like a gingerbread, cinnamon, delicious drink. And it's less than one gram of sugar. So this is jam-packed with superfoods. It helps with cravings. It helps calm the nervous system, decrease inflammation, helps with your skin because of the turmeric. And right now for a limited time, Golden Superfood Bliss is buy one, get one free, absolutely free. So such a huge deal. All you have to do is go to freesuperfoodbliss.com. So I'm going to spell this for you. Free, F-R-E-E, superfood, S-U-P-E-R-F-O-O-D, bliss, B-L-I-S-S dot com to redeem this incredible offer. This is honestly a limited time only offer. If you're hearing this, I would act now. You're going to absolutely love it. Welcome to Manifestable. I'm your host, Danette May, and each week I will bring you epic guests and live coaching where you can come to receive profound breakthroughs, courage to break old patterns, and live into your soul's purpose. My mission is to remind people of their power and that they have the control to tap into their energy to achieve extraordinary things. Today, I'm chatting with Krista Williams, co-host of Almost 30 Podcasts, love her podcast, self-exploration and improvement extraordinaire, founder of The Modern Tarot and The Life Edit. I am so excited to talk with Krista because I also relate with this. She grew up in a small town in Ohio. I didn't grow up in Ohio. I did in Montana, but Ohio. She's always been known as the one who's asking the tough questions, thinking outside the box and laughing the loudest in the room. Even in Ohio, she had big dreams of getting out and pursuing her purpose. She made a lot of leaps, worked eight years in corporate America, quit her job to travel to Patagonia, moved to New York City, started to travel business out of Morocco, and ultimately moved to LA to pursue blogging full-time. Through all of that, she struggled to find her why and knew in her heart there were more opportunities to spread her message. I'm excited to interview Krista because here's the deal. 
She's always evolving. And yes, she's created this amazing podcast, these brands. I want to know what is behind all of that. What gives her that why and that belief that she can go after her dreams? What is that? So that we can all learn from Krista here on the Manifestable Podcast. Krista just said something. This typically happens sometimes on podcasts. You get excited and then like juice gets dropped and we're like, whoa, we were not recording. But she said something. She's like, I can't believe I use my voice for a living. And then you told me something that happened when you were younger and you're like, I will never forget it. And I don't remember a lot of things, but I remember this specifically. Yeah, I think a lot of us can have memories when we're young that are just really stand out. A lot of them can be bad. You know, we can have the trauma that we can never forget. But there was one compliment that someone's mom gave me. I was in the back of someone's Dodge Windstar van at Kroger parking lot, which is in Ohio. And I was talking and she said, you know, you have a really beautiful voice. And I just never, I remember just that flicker of my soul come in, you know, the flicker where you're like, okay. And I got chills just saying that where it felt so unique and special to say something like that because I didn't feel seen at my house. I didn't feel seen much of my childhood, which is a common thread for many people. And so to have that really unique compliment said to me that was very specific, felt so good. And I'm sure it created this destiny to some extent because that's what I've been fascinated about with even your bio of like, okay, you were in corporate America, you know, hiking Patagonia, (laughs) like all these things. And now like, honestly, you have a very, very successful podcast Mm -hmm. where you are speaking Mm -hmm. and interviewing. But I'm sensing more is coming for you. Mm -hmm. And we just talked about it briefly. I didn't share, you haven't shared with me what is Mm -hmm. coming through for you. I don't know if you're sharing it, if Mm -hmm. you've discovered it yet, but there's something more. And I'm just curious if you feel like you can talk about it or if you've discovered or feeling into it, even if it hasn't yes. fully come into fruition. Yeah. What's beating on your heart right now? Yeah. So I do feel like there's something coming. I have things coming that are coming through, which I can talk about, but it doesn't feel like it yet. And that's what's, it's actually a really beautiful feeling to be on the precipice of something because I've actually been going through a lot of transformation in my personal life with a recent separation and some of just the things that I've been going through. So it always feels like on the other side, there is that huge expansion moment, which mm-hmm. is like the gift of it. But it doesn't feel like it's fully crystallized yet. So that's actually been really painful for me. Someone who's so impatient and wants to have the answer and and sees uh, something bigger for my life, but doesn't see it in the clarity that I know exists. Yeah. So right now we're working on almost 30. We're going to be working on a book, which is really exciting. But for me personally, I'm going to be doing more empath work with retreats and things like that. So that's coming up. But I know that there's something else that I just don't know exactly what it is. You can just feel it. I can feel it and taste it. Yeah. I can feel it and taste it. I think that's important for people to hear that you can feel it and taste it, but you're not sure. You couldn't describe the full taste or you couldn't describe, you could not even say, this is the step, this is the step, and this is exactly how it looks. You just know something's brewing. Mm -hmm. And I want to just remind everyone that you can know that something's brewing without knowing what's in the brew pot. And sometimes we just have to hold on to that lifeline. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to go somewhere kind of intimate with you because Mm -hmm. I just had this flash of you in your home you know, you're separated, so you're alone. Mm -hmm. And you're looking at, oh my gosh, I'm here now. 
And I've kind of dismantled a few things because mm-hmm. I felt like I needed to dismantle a few things. And now I'm stepping into new territory that I feel like it's almost, oh, I get chills thinking mm-hmm. about it. But, you know, on the, the movie where they go to step on the stones and they have to step before the stone will appear. Mm-hmm. It's almost like I see that you're like, okay, I'm going to step yep. and the stone will appear and then yes. I'm going to step and then this, and then that's going to get yes. me to the other side. Yep. Can you walk us through this process mm-hmm. of maybe being sad mm-hmm. or worried or mm-hmm. wondering, like, have I just dismantled something yeah. for no reason? Yeah. Have you had those moments where you question things? Yeah, with my separation, I haven't. I felt really clear. And I'll, I want to talk about that. But there was something else that you were saying that really just made me think, you know, in my process of my life unfolding, the more that I've tried to control it, the more that I've tried to say, this is what it is that I'm doing. I am doing this. It looks like this. This is how it's going to manifest. The more God makes it harder for it to happen. And the best things in my life have happened without me gripping. I will have random opportunities. Like I was in a national commercial recently, never cared, never tried. They reached me out out to me. They found me. Not ever something I'd want to do, but because it wasn't the thing I was focused on and the thing I had the tight grip on, it's the thing that comes through. And so in my life, my goal right now is to really not have a tight grip on my future and not have a tight grip on the things I'm creating, the things I'm doing, because almost 30 as the example was more aligned and bigger and better than anything I could have ever asked for. And because I wasn't consciously creating it or like, you know, just kind of putting it out there in this way that was so attached, it was able to come through. So right now my detachment is really the biggest service I can do to my mission and goals because when I'm so attached to how it looks like, this is my list. I want every single thing on my list. Even with my next partner, I want to be really unattached to how it's going to come through because I know what I want, but that's also could be limiting what God or source or universe has for me. Wow. Okay. So when you're, let's say you're in a moment because we all get in these moments, because you know, you know, the key for you right now Mm -hmm. is detaching to not grip, to not control, to not be like, it has to be this, Mm -hmm. this, 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 I'm going to surrender it. Mm -hmm. Let's say you're in a moment at night. I always say night because it seems like they hit around three or 4 (laughs) a.m. or 2 a.m. or it's like, I don't know. (laughs) It's dark out. (laughs) But like when you're in a moment of like, Mm Oh, like, you know, that emotion of like, oh, I don't know. And I'm feeling kind of in this human experience and I'm not feeling faithful and I'm not feeling, how do you work yourself Mm -hmm. out to get back into, I'm going to detach. Yeah. And I'm not perfect at it. I I struggle with it so much. So whoever's listening, just know that it's like something that I think is a lifelong process of learning. I think so many of the teachings that you teach, that I teach are lifelong learnings. It's not something that we get right away and have mastered. But what I'll say is having a relationship with something bigger than me, and that is God for me, it could be source, it could be goddess, it could be Adonai, whoever feels really aligned, helps me take the pressure off of me believing that it's me bringing this through. Mm -hmm. It is not me that's going to bring through or create everything in my life. And so when I'm working in collaboration with something bigger, a co-creator of my life, I can really be like, oh, it's so funny that I think that I have to create everything that's going to come through for me. I have to create every experience. I'm going to create the magic. I'm going to create the big thing that's on the precipice. It's not. You know, my job is to be in service and in alignment and in my truth and authenticity and in living a life that I love. But it's not to 
really strong arm every single thing in my life. And I've tried that forever. You know, I've Mm -hmm. tried to strong arm and everything. I've felt overwhelmed. I felt like everything I've done is because I willed it. And it's not true, but sometimes that's an exhausting feeling. And I don't want to feel like that anymore. And so I really want to just recognize the beauty and gift of my life now. I have so many beautiful things in my life, beautiful relationships, a beautiful home, so much to be grateful for. So in this moment, being really grateful for that, but also knowing that like there's something bigger for me. So the more I can allow God to really co-create that with me, the more beauty I'm going to have in the end. Oh my gosh. I love that because you are a go-getter. And Mm -hmm. I think that people that are quite, I'm not saying you're scientific based, but like go-getter, I'm going to put everybody in a box, like scientific go-getter base. It's almost like they do get something and they think it's because they worked hard or because they planned or they were 10 steps ahead. And so it's like a feedback loop of, oh, if I keep doing that, but it's exhausting. And the truth is if they could just expand into Mm -hmm. that that already genius that's in them, like you're talking about, there's so much more that gets to come and flow through. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting for me to watch really type A's do that. My husband just recently, which reminds me, and this is why I think you guys have magic coming for you because (laughs) it was March 21st, you know, it was the spring equinox Mm -hmm. and we're in Mexico and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm feeling like all this creation coming through me. And I was like, we should really share what we're creating and let's talk about this. And the new moon's tomorrow. And he goes, I've been doing that for my whole life. And right now, I'm just going to be in witness of what wants to happen. I'm not creating anything right now. You're and like, I was that's like, hot. Yeah, I was that's like, hot, baby. That's hot. You're like, oh, dinner's over. <laughs> it's time. I was like, really? Yeah. Like, I'm never, Honestly, ever. Honestly, too, when like, a man says no to me like that, I'm like, yes, bitch. Stop me. <laughs> Please stop me. I was like, wow, I've never, because we've always created in our yes. 10 years together. And that was the first time he was like, I have nothing to share with you. And I feel like you're kind of almost being the same. You're like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I have a a lot of things I'm sure that I would love to experience, but I'm not writing them down. I'm not talking about them. I'm just going to be here and now Mm -hmm. and let's see what magic wants to come. Yeah. And then the the Stoic philosophy, they talk a lot about not talking about the thing that you're creating or doing before it is actually manifested or it exists. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times we can get the validation before we're even done doing it. So if I was like, oh, I'm doing this rad, blah, blah, blah. You'd be like, that's amazing. That's cool. And I'm like, that's amazing. And that's cool. And it doesn't even exist. You know, like (laughs) it's like, or maybe it does. Exactly. So I also try to be mindful of that because I don't want to put out too much Mm -hmm. and then sort of be in this feedback loop of then when you see me, it's asking about the thing, but it's also asking about the next thing because we're always about the next. Mm. So it's like, we have to stop that in not even you. I mean, this is our life of conversation, but it's like, how can we stop always being about the next thing and just be like, what is here right now? You know, what is here right now, which is what your husband's doing. Yeah. Well, let me ask you, at 10 a.m., what was here and right mm-hmm. now for you? Today. Yeah. 10 a.m. today. I've been in a different phase of my grief process in my separation. So we separated in like November and the first couple months were really amazing and beautiful. I felt so free. I felt really great. I still feel good, but now I feel much more sadness than— Oh, it's like coming. It's coming. This is where you're— It's coming. Yeah. So I was in that sort of mode this morning, just kind of being with myself and my emotions around that and just trying to tend to myself as much as I can. Wow. Mm-hmm. Thank you for your honesty. Mm-hmm. I love how I just went right there. What were you doing mm-hmm. at 10 a.m.? And you're like, yeah, I was in my sadness. I was in my sadness. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. For someone who's listening, because I know so many listening are like— 
in relationships that they're contemplating of moving through or moving out Uh or beyond or whatever, however we want to language it. Could you offer any wisdom? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm curious what you think because I know you have so much to say about, you know, your journey and experience. But for me, what I will say is that I think in our society and culture, we make people bad if a relationship doesn't work. And we oftentimes feel like we're doing something wrong if we're incompatible with people. And there can be nothing wrong with them or me, but we can just be incompatible. And when we're incompatible, it's just very hard to keep the peace or to feel like we can be ourselves or to keep harmony in the relationship. So after a long time trying and really efforting and, you know, spending a lot of time working on ourselves, what I've learned is that for the right person, I don't need to be perfect. I just have to be me. And for so long, I felt like I had to be perfect. I felt like I had to say the right thing. I had to do the right thing. I had to be calm. I had to be collective. I had to be just a certain version of me. This is all my creation. This is all my doing. This is an experience that I've been in a lot of my life with my family and other places. So it's not new for me. It's Mm -hmm. a really great mirror that I had this relationship to show me how I do that. But I think a lot of times we find that efforting the relationship where we effort the relationship when it's just incompatible. And I think so many people are not okay with having something be incompatible and feel like they're bad or wrong or something is not okay, but it's actually very okay. Like you can love someone and not be married to them. Yeah, A fish can love a bird, but they don't need to be together. Cohabitate. One will die. You know, so it's, we can really move on from that. So I've learned a lot in the process, but I think that has really liberated me to move on in a way that, I can feel okay and just remember that like it is the best interest of both of us Mm -hmm. and allowing each other the grace for us to be who we are without trying to change each other is the greatest love. I agree 1000%. And I love how you're saying that because there's so much freedom in that. Mm -hmm. And for me, I always think, you know, we're these humans that are evolving constantly. And we have these experiences and we have a book we've read and a movie we've watched and a trauma or something exciting and to expect, and sometimes it happens, but to expect one partner to walk all those times in this evolution of you both growing and expanding and putting that, sometimes it does work out and sometimes it's meant to be that Mm long-term and other times it's that season and you have to have grace for yourself to say, you know, this is where I'm going and they're not choosing to ride the same train mm-hmm. and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm riding this train. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My partner said, he's like, you know, we're just on different pages. Mm-hmm. Your page isn't wrong. My page isn't wrong. They're just different. Mm-hmm. And that's what it felt like in the end where we were actually out of our authenticity yep. for a lot of our relationship. And we were really stepping out of our authenticity quite a bit to be together because that's what we felt made us good people yep. or made us good in general. And once we were more in our authenticity, there was actually more friction in the relationship. Oh, totally. You know, which You're like, I'm being myself. Why is fascinating? <laughs> I remember he said that. He's like, I realized the more that I'm doing things that I want, the more we're not getting along. Mm-hmm. And it was just codependency and all these types of patterns in our relationship. But... I will also say that the confidence and freedom that you get from making a hard decision for yourself is it's so addicting. I mean, I cannot believe how much confidence, how much clarity, how much more I love myself for going through something hard for me. It's actually made me look at other decisions in my life and be like, ooh, 
I don't make many decisions from this type of clarity. And imagine the life that I would live if I had this much clarity in all my decisions. And, and to be honest, with that point, I have to say that it took me a long time to get there. So I always want to give people grace and space. Like I probably took over a year to get to the point where I was ready to say goodbye and I was ready to move on. And I wanted my friends and the people that were with me to be with me where I was in the process. Totally. And when I had people that were further along than me, when I wasn't there, when they were like, you know, maybe you should just move on. Maybe you should just separate or get divorced. It didn't feel right for me because I wanted to come to that decision myself. I wanted Mm. to make the decision. I wanted to be there when I was there. And coming to that place on my own was like another huge confidence boost because I could trust myself that like when I felt it, I would take action and move. And there's no greater way to build self-confidence than to do hard things like that. So you feel more confident now than ever. Than ever. ever. Whoa. Mm -hmm. And you know that's going to carry you through Mm -hmm. what you're, all the different choices you're going to be making. Mm -hmm. Because I think too, we consciously made the decision. You know, Mm -hmm. I think if I would have waited years and I would have, we would have waited till it was toxic or we would have let the patterns we were in really destroy us in a way, Mm -hmm. I probably wouldn't have been so confident. And because we got it at a point where we could still have respect and love for each other, And I have so many tools. I mean, you have so many tools. I'm so grateful for all the tools that we have that really support us in the process of life and whatever we're in. So those tools saved me and helped me make it something where it helped nourish me instead of deplete me. Right. What I wanted to ask you is about these tools, because Mm -hmm. the tools that might have served you maybe five, six, seven years ago, I'm going to say seven, I don't know why, seven years ago. Seven, right now, are there some tools that you're taking on that have really been beneficial? I want to hear from you on that because actually I've been taking on some new tools and I've been mind blown. I would love to hear. But I want to hear first yours. Okay, and then you have to share. Yeah, I will. I need. But share with me, like, what's some tools tools. that Mm -hmm. you're using right now that maybe be different than ones you used seven years ago? Yeah, I think seven years ago, the place that I was in, just starting almost 30, I was working my full-time job, starting the business with Lindsay. So I didn't really have... The tools that I had then was probably meditation, working out, and journaling and like kind of the basics, you know. And they served you. And they served me for sure. Yeah. I would say the working out was a little unhealthy during that point. Just okay. got a little a little much. It wasn't from a place of like, I'm doing this because I love myself. It's I'm doing this because I hate myself. But I think right now the tool that I'm really loving and something that I'm getting trained in is internal family systems. And internal family systems is amazing. It's by someone named Richard Schwartz. And it's really the concept and belief that we have a true self. And you probably know a lot of the principles from other things, but the concept of having a true self. And then we have these other aspects of self that are created through trauma or various experiences in life. And so we can have protector parts. We can have these parts of us that are protecting us from certain situations, from rejection, from abandonment. And they can do things in certain ways that will prevent us from being in that. And so it's really seeing that true self as like the ultimate part of us that really represents all things we want in life and the biggest wholeness and confidence. So an example of that for me, that's really easy to explain would be related to food and diet. I was someone that was, would binge and restrict and just had my own journey with food and eating. And so the part of me that was the protector part would be the one that would be controlling with my food. I'm going to help you control your food because that's how you get love. Yeah. You feel safe. You feel safe. 
I want you to get love. I want you to be accepted. I saw that in the home, the way that you get love is by looking a certain way. Yeah. So in order for us to do that, we're going to do this. Yep. So seeing that part unblended from me as a part of me and not me, I could work with that part. I could work with that version of me mm-hmm. and really understand her, really learn to love her and then eventually integrate her. But we don't want to exile any parts. We're not going to hate ourselves for controlling and restricting. We're going to learn about that part of us so that we can really just become more whole and find more love for all aspects of ourselves. Whoa, I like that. You would love it. It's so So do you have to do this work? Do you look at this work every day or how often do you? You, I did it in therapy for a few years. So it was like brought through in therapy and then it just becomes a part of you, you know? Okay, so it's like just on auto. Exactly. Like Like you'll just work through your day. So another example would be I felt this weekend I was really exhausted and I was kind of in a grief of exhaustion. And so I was on Saturday wanted to just nap and rest. And I was like, no, I need to not do that. You know, I need to be pro, I need to be working, do all these things. So that's a part of me that's speaking. I'm scared that if I rest, that I'm not going to be successful. I'm not going to be loved. I'm not going to be all these things. So I can just recognize that and be like, hey girl, it's okay. Wow. I love you. I got you. We're going to rest. Like, I love you. I got you. But there's another part of me that's encouraging the rest. And how can I encourage that part of me that's speaking for the better outcome rather than like the old patterns that I was in. Mm, so good. Yeah, it's a good one. I love it's that. So, it's so good. I just I just want to find tools that are helping me to feel more whole. Yep. You know, it's like all about wholeness. It's all about loving all parts of me. So anything that I can do with that, I've found really, really helpful. Mm. Mm-hmm. Love it, love it. So something I was reflecting on with a new tool for me because – So here's what I want to say about this, because I think there's a million tools out there. Mm -hmm. And I think we can try to look at somebody and be like, oh, I have to take that tool. I think what you just spoke to was this idea that, you know, I'm typically the person who's on full throttle and planning and going. And so when that girl tries to rest, why is she avoiding resting? So that's that's beautiful, right? So because what I want to say with everybody, I don't want everybody to be like, oh, I got to go full throttle. Because I used to be this full throttle person yeah. too. And I say this, and I, I get nervous to say it because I don't want anyone to feel anything weird around it. But I'm like really grateful we got into a place in our business where I don't have to work another day in my life. Yes. And I started... And, and if I, you were a man, you'd be like, I don't have to work another day in my oh, life. And then here I am. And everyone would be oh. like, yeah, show us the Lambo. <laughs> but as a woman, you're like, I'm so sorry, you guys. Oh, my gosh. I have a story about that. I think I'm, I might have mentioned on your podcast about the book editor when I was like, oh, I said too much. I, did, oh, I don't. Oh and she's gosh. like, no man ever. She's like, I've edited so many books. She's like probably in the hundreds. And I've had male and female authors and no man ever questions Mm -hmm. if they said too much. And she's like, nine out of 10 women always call me and said, Mm -hmm. did I say too much in that chapter Mm -hmm. on this page? I was like, that's interesting. It's like you're writing the book and you're like, am I saying too much? (laughs) No, no, says no man ever. (laughs) Continue. (laughs) Yes. So I I noticed I started taking this really kind of more last day, lackadaisical approach to life as I should a good year. And it was amazing. And it hit me one day because I know these practices of meditation and these practices of moving my body. I have never really struggled with moving my body, but I was noticing the meditation thought. It wasn't as juicy at 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. or sometimes it was like five minutes and sometimes not at all. Mm-hmm. And it hit me, I don't know, it's probably been just a few weeks now where it was like, Danette, 
why not as soon as you wake up and wake up when you know no one can bother you, Mm -hmm. first thing, go onto your meditation mat. And this is not a new concept, but I wasn't embodying this for like a year to two years. And I have noticed unbelievable things just happening Mm -hmm. in a short amount of time of literally that state of being fresh from sleep, because I believe that's the waking sleep. I really Mm -hmm. believe that that's a whole nother world personally. Mm -hmm. And to go and get and sit in this space that I set up the night before, I know because it's 5.30, I set my alarm for 5.20, so I'm on that mat at 5.30 because I know no one's going to bother me at 5.30. There's nothing to see, nothing to do. The sun's not even rising at that point. And I've just felt such an incredible connection to source that I have not felt in a long, long time just by that discipline because a lot of the mornings I was like, oh, I could just sleep in. I can do this at 7 a.m. I don't have anything at 8 a.m. Like I could do this. And it was more about the discipline Mm -hmm. to me and my creator and to my source of saying, no, I decided to meet. It would be like me Mm -hmm. going, hey, Chris, I'm going to meet you every day at 10 Mm a.m. And then me being like, you know what? I'll see you at noon. Are Mm -hmm. you cool with that? Mm -hmm. And you would be like, that's super offensive. I Mm -hmm. plan time with you at 10. And it feels like I'm making a date with my creator. And so I've been getting out of bed and doing it. And even this morning, I had to do it earlier because I was flying here. And I was like, I'm committed to this date with my creator. And I've noticed huge just feelings of grounded and peace through It's the best Mm -hmm. when you prioritize that. And Mm -hmm. yeah, in life, there's like so many seasons. There's seasons of discipline Mm -hmm. and there's seasons of not being disciplined. Totally. And I feel like in my journey, in the first years of my awakening, I had to be super disciplined to see the results, to feel the benefits, to make it a part of my process, to make it a part of my life. Sometimes it's a self-love practice too, to say, I'm going to show up for myself in this discipline. Yeah. And then there was years where I didn't need to be so disciplined, that the discipline was like not helpful for me. Mm -hmm. You know, it was actually like not bringing me life and vitality. Mm -hmm. And so to have those moments I think is so powerful. And that's, it's like addictive. You can feel that, you know, when you get a connection with something bigger than you, whatever that is, oh. It feels so good. I feel so good. And a lot of times that connection happens like you just mentioned in some of your hardest times. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it's so beautiful to know that you're totally safe, so supported, even in your most difficult times. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess what I'll say for your audience and just for people, because I think sometimes when we talk about this, people can feel like, I don't have that connection. You know, I don't feel that connection to anything. And that's fine and normal. I think we go in and out of feeling connected. But a way to support yourself in feeling more connected is setting aside time without your phone. Maybe it's on a meditation mat. Maybe it's before everyone else is awake. Maybe it's in your car having no music on when you're driving. Mm. It's actually making that space in your calendar and in your mind to connect. And I think a lot of people that I'll see, they'll be, you know, on their phone at work, in the flow, just kind of in the routine of the day, which can get overwhelming, but not actually making a space or effort for that connection. I Mm -hmm. think that's really how you have to get it is by actually the intention and then the action behind it. It's not just going to happen, I think, a lot of times. What do you think gets in your way of connecting to what you would say a higher power? What is the one thing you were like, you you could say, uh, you'd be like, call, this is just kind of something that I do that I know isn't really serving me, but I haven't quite conquered it yet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's getting in the way of me and my higher. I know. 
The phone for sure. I would say mine's the phone too. The phone for sure. I mean, I just was thinking about it. I'm like, how many times do I pick you up a day? Yeah. Like my little friend. (laughs) You know, I was like, but this weekend I was like, you know what? I'm going to love you to my phone. I was like, I'm going to love you. Because I don't want to be like, my phone is toxic and like still be on it. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to love you. Oh, that's a really interesting way to see it. You know, how how bad is that to be like, this is toxic. (laughs) Yeah, just to to be like, this is disgusting and toxic. I hate it. And then I don't want to be engaging with something I hate. That's true. I love my phone. It brings me here. You know, it supports me. But I'd say that. And I'd say food. I'd say my relationship with food isn't my strongest thing. I never feel like I've got it down in a place where it's not been something that's not caused me a little bit of anxiety or friction or, yeah, yeah, I'd say food. Interesting. You mentioned a fast and I just talked to a girlfriend. You might know her, Lori. She did this. Yeah. Yeah. She did a four day fast. Yeah. And she said it was so fascinating this connection and love that she felt at the end, but this like journey she went mm-hmm. on during the fast. Yeah. I mean, I have yet to do a fast like that because really, I, I like, like food would've... a lot. I know. Dude, I, know. <laughs> I like food a lot. Say no more. I will do a detox, but a detox that I've created are do- definitely very, very helpful. But she was like literally like fasting for Just four water. days. I think she might've gone five days, but the journey was fascinating. Yeah. And I was curious if you feel like you've, find a spiritual connection with fasting. Yeah. I try in life just to do anything that's going to push me in places where I feel like I need pushed. Mm -hmm. So whether that's doing a darkness retreat or doing ayahuasca or silent meditation or doing a fast, and now I'm going to be doing like this, like sexuality retreat this year. So any place that I feel is like a little crunchy for me, an edge. And food is an edge for me. You know, that kind of addiction to the dopamine, to the hit, to the thing is an edge. So I fasted a few times in my life. I made a commitment to fast for 72 hours last year, and I was able to do that. And then I just completed a 48-hour one. And again, it was just so clear and locked in for me. So it was actually very easy because it felt so aligned. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of periods where I'd be like, I need to fast. But the true desire for my fast was to lose weight, to feel in control, all the things right. that weren't so It's all so backed by these intentions, guys. This exactly. Is exactly. It's everything. Why are you wanting to do the yep. fast? Why are you wanting to meditate? Why are you wanting to do anything? It's the ego versus the soul. Yeah. The ego. And then that part of me is like, that controller part of me, if we're talking about internal family systems, is like, I'm controlling. It's like, I know that I need to be thin to get love. Okay, let's just say we're going to fast. Let's fast. So Because it's accepted. Exactly. Ooh. You know, but for me in this moment, I just was feeling lethargic. I was feeling... My energy levels are really off. And there was this YouTube that I watched. It was like this man talking about the benefits of fasting. And I was like, you know what? This feels really resonant in this moment. Mm -hmm. I have a time and period in my life where I'm doing a lot of shedding. I'm doing a lot of internal work. And it felt really right to be crying, moving, resting, sleeping, all the things that I've been doing. And to be like in a state of like almost emptiness with the information in my body so that I could really express and get rid of anything energetically through my tears and through just like being in rest rather than being having so much information with the food as well. Wow. Have you always been a kid that's been, because you, you are adventurous. Mm-hmm. You are pushing boundaries. You are a seeker. Mm-hmm. Like you're a seeker. Have you always been a seeker? Even as a child, did you question yes. a lot of things that you were taught? A lot of things. That- I was the worst. You were the worst. (laughs) Maybe you were perfect. (laughs) I was the worst. I was the worst at jobs. I was successful, but I was the worst at jobs. I would be at jobs and meetings like 
so if we're all done at four, why are we still here at five? <laughs> like, I'd be like, so wait, we don't want to be at work. So why are we not working from home? <laughs> I'd be like, I don't want to go to the happy hours and talk to my coworkers. Why do I have to go? Like, I was so obnoxious. <laughs> and even when I was younger, I was so obnoxious too with school and all the things. Like You're always I, questioning. Always. Like, yeah. I remember one time my parents were going away for a weekend, for like a weekend away. And I was like, can't you guys just have sex at home? <laughs> Because I was just like, you're like, I know what's happening. I know what's here. happening. Like, what's all what's all the dance around it? Like, always. So it's a fun thing, but it was really painful, you know, to be someone that grew up in Ohio where people were pretty conservative. They definitely Catholic. want their yeah. Really, they wanted yeah. things their way, and I didn't know how to fit in and not question what I was seeing or doing or experiencing. Mm. And so to be in a place now where I feel comfortable with the way that I question and comfortable with my beliefs that feel in my community normal, but felt very different when I was younger, feels so good. Oh, I want to ask, because we're on a Manifestable podcast, mm -hmm. and I just was telling Brooke, because I just interviewed Brooke, and I have in my core people that kind of debunk a lot of this illusion of spirituality. Yeah. And I noticed that they're really grounding presences for me. And I feel called to ask you, because I recognize you've been around way more people even than me mm. in this, what I want to call spiritual space, yeah. for lack of another word for it. Where do you feel that there's just, it, it's like the intention isn't as clean as it could be in the spiritual space. I'm so curious. I knew you were going to ask. When you're talking, I'm like, I know what you're going to ask. Yeah. Because this has been something I've been thinking about so much. And maybe that's what you've been pinging me. Yeah, like. I'm pinging you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, it's in my field. <laughs> I'm creating this situation. And just to expound upon that, so basically what I perceive you to be talking about, which is what I've been thinking about a lot, is that in the spiritual space, it is a space where it's so about intention and integrity and authenticity, and then that doesn't always Actually happen. happen. Yeah. It's, it's more talked about than done about. It's right? something that actually I'm, I need to do some work on myself with because it hurts my feelings. <laughs> where I see people that are out of integrity, mm. selling a course and program about relationships and being unfaithful to their partner for years, selling the course and program on something and never actually doing the work to have that, plagiarizing, saying the thing but not living it, doing it out of desire for money or numbers or fame or, you know, views or whatever and not actually having the true desire. And I'm not saying that I'm someone that's not capable of doing things that are out of integrity. But for me, it just, it hurts. There's something about it that just hurts because I know people are so desperate for an answer and support and the wow, tools and the resources and for them to find it in a place that's out of integrity. And I can see, I've seen a lot of stuff behind the scenes. Yeah. I have a feeling you've seen a lot. A lot. That's yeah. what kind of sucks is like, I wish I could say it, but I can't, I would never. Because you're the kid that would say it. Oh yeah. And oh, yeah. <laughs> She's I'm like, like, I'm going to go clear my throat. I, I know, literally. <laughs> I was like, sometimes I wish I could just talk shit and just fucking <laughs> tell the truth about everything. But I've seen it all and it, I can't say it doesn't That's her next hurt. podcast. You will not see her face. Yes. Her voice will be altered and she's I'll just like, going to dish. <laughs> I'll be like, here's the tea this week. <laughs> it's tea. like a lowered voice. <laughs> Listen up. This spiritual teacher is a crock. <laughs> but in the space, you know, that's what happens with the spiritual ego. You know, we are not out of the 
spiritual people are not out of the possibility to have ego present and to Absolutely have— Absolutely not. You know, it the can true, just be another form. It can just be a pendulum can get swung. Yeah. So yeah. I think for anyone listening, just kind of checking in with your heart and your body and how you feel around people and things and how you feel around people and teachings, mm. not getting attached to too many—the specific teacher— just kind of sticking with the teachings I think is really important. Ooh. I've never really been someone that's attached to many to a specific teacher as like my guru. I just kind of pick and choose like a cafeteria, what feels good, what doesn't, what feels resonant, what doesn't. And also remembering that, you know, the most spiritual thing is laughter and being happy and enjoying your life. Like it is so joy that is the most spiritual. It is not reading the most books, having the most courses and programs, doing the, all of the things. That's not it. It's mm. it's very simple. Oh my gosh. So good. I just heard mm -hmm. someone talk about the difference between judgment and discernment. Mm. And that's what I'm just hearing from you is this discernment, fit, checking in with your body. How does your body feel when this person's communicating? Does it feel aligned, mm -hmm. you know, versus because we don't need to judge. Like yeah. there's going to be so many things that we find out about and hear about and we get to look at it and go, you know, my discernment is that's not alignment for where mm -hmm. I want to go and where can I learn to keep. For me, I totally know what you're talking about. I, I don't even think I know as much as you do, mm -hmm. but it kind of hurts me too because mm -hmm. I know people are seeking mm -hmm. and so then they will go and it's okay for someone to have a relationship program, but they be, should be like, I have a relationship program because I'm working through my mess because I've been sleeping yeah. on my wife for the past yeah. seven yes. years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and remembering that people create what they need the most sometimes. Yeah, yeah, like totally. And I, and I guess for me, it's just I've been learning. I'm like, I'm just going to choose some discernment around who I'm going to buy from or yeah. hang with. And I'm going to just kind of keep, try to keep myself in check if I'm triggered mm -hmm. within yeah. my own self of like, why am I triggered and where can I button myself up more and be more in alignment with myself and my creator? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, when I feel that trigger of like, they're not in integrity, what are, you know, like just that part of yeah. me that's like, they're not in integrity, they're not in integrity, they're not in integrity. It's like, who am I to say? Who's yeah, an integrity? Everyone has like, obviously a different idea of integrity. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and like I'm probably not in integrity fully all the time and I can't even see it. You know, that's what a no. shadow is. You can't yeah, see that's it. That's totally so, true. That's right. You can't see it. You the can't shadow. see it. You can't mm -hmm. see where you're not in integrity, but yeah, but I think it's important to talk about because we are in this era, mm -hmm. and I think it's a beautiful era we're in, but we need to um I think we all need to be there for each other and call each mm -hmm. other out and yeah. Be like, hey, we're walking this path mm -hmm. together because we are. Mm -hmm. You know, you and I, we don't see each mm -hmm. other. Like I've, mm -hmm. I think you and I bumped into each once, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. when I came onto your podcast, and but at the same time, I can feel your energy. Like you kept popping up for me for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. I like asked my team to reach out to mm -hmm. you because I'm like watching your spirit and I'm mm -hmm. watching like what I can feel something come yes. for you. Mm -hmm. And it's like we're all marching with each other, mm -hmm. right? And so can we all like? So I'm going to give you permission to call because you are mm -hmm. a voice for truth. Mm -hmm. Like that is your beautiful voice mm -hmm. is being you. a voice for truth. So being like the people that tell you, hey, will you walk with me? Will you just to be like, hey, I'm going to call you out then mm -hmm. if that's if the time mm -hmm. in a loving way. I'm going to mm -hmm. say some things if I feel I see it. Yes. Yeah. And it's God works in mysterious ways because it's just I remember and pray, you know, I think when people think about having a relationship with your creator or God and the experience, it's like the big man's voice is like, you should do this. But it's actually like God speaks through people. Mm -hmm. So you saying those things to me is so meaningful to me and so pertinent to my life and my path because right now I feel like 
there's been a throat chakra moment for me with my separation and, you know, that. So that's, I'm just receiving what you're saying as like a message from God, creator, universe speaking through you for me. And I just really, really appreciate it. Mm, Yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. So what brings you closest to, Mm. I always say, I always like this creation because creator, God, whatever you want to call it to me is this filament of creation, of like manifesting. Mm-hmm. What brings you closest to mm. your higher power? What are two things that you, when you step into that embodiment of? Mm-hmm. Nature. 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 I yep. know you love nature too. Nature gals, nature is just always, mm-hmm. always there for you in that really beautiful way. And so I would say nature and I would also say the intentional prayer time sets the container for our relationship, but it's the synchronicities and magic. You know, even you just saying those things, which is something I've been really working through is feeling censored, feeling self-censored, self-censoring. Those moments and what I have on my notes app on my phone is synchronous moments or synchronicities or things that have really supported me when I needed it that were kind of unexpected. And so I'm really grateful, or I would suggest for people to have something like that you can remember all the times that you've been lucky, all the times you've felt synchronicities, all the times that you had magic happen in your life. And that's when I feel closest because you're like, oh, I didn't expect that. And look what you did. Mm. You know, look what you gave to me. And yeah, it's just being called to see you today. You know, obviously I was so excited. And then having this moment and just having this experience has been that reminder too, that when you have that pull to do and go so that you can receive. Wow. So good. When you, she just dropped a nugget. When you feel the call or a pull, when you go to serve, because mm-hmm. you're showing up to serve mm-hmm. right now, you do receive. Mm-hmm. All right. I want to ask you a question that I ask mm-hmm. certain people. Imagine mm-hmm. you're standing in front of a million people, mm-hmm. million plus. Like, see if you can see their eyes, they're blue, they're brown, they're green, and they're looking at you, and you have one thing you can say to them. It might be a sentence, but one thing you say to them because they're asking for that one thing, what would that be? I really love the phrase, wherever you go, there you are. Just think it's really Mm -hmm. pertinent. It's like in mental health and in our life and in our journey, we can change the relationships, the home, the job, the outfits, the body, whatever, but we can't change like who we are and how we feel about ourselves internally. And when I realized that, especially in my mental health journey, that like I could change everything, I could do all the things, I could leave the job, all of that. But if I wasn't like well within and at peace with who I was, then nothing else is going to feel good. Nothing else is going to change. And so focusing on that inner dialogue, that inner conversation, whether it's with your creator, with yourself, I think is the most powerful thing. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I loved having you on. This was so much fun. I'm like, I don't want it to end. (laughs) (laughs) We can do another one. You guys let us know if you want to have Krista back on because I think I'm going to make a prediction. Okay. Not that I'm putting anything on your plate. This is very human, very human of me putting a timeline. But I think if we had Krista back on, I'm going to say 72 days. There's something that she's going to share with us that has transpired in 72 days. Okay. Within that 72 days. I totally, you know, what's crazy is in that time frame. there's like a lot of things happening astrologically for me that are like very pertinent to what you're saying. 72 days. 
Done. Done, baby. <laughs> I'm going to be a millionaire. <laughs> but we have no goals. <laughs> Just honestly. I'll be in a mansion in Malibu. Don't have goals. <laughs> Love you guys. Thank you for tuning Love in. You. Love you, Krista. Thank you. Love you. Thank you. <laughs> Bye, y'all. <laughs>